I'm glad six of you guys are excited to be here. What's up? Man, it's Sunday, uh, and, and I'm glad that you guys are here. Glad to be with you. My name is Carlo, and I get to be one of the teaching pastors here at OneChurch.tv. Uh, if this is your first time uh, connecting with us here on a Sunday or your first time in a long time, thank you so much for, for being with us. We're so glad that you came. Hopefully, you stopped by our guest services table on your way in, picked up a gift. If you are checking us out around the world through the app or watching online, or even if you're far, far away in the overflow room, we're so glad that you are here, too. And, of course, uh, we'd be remiss to not shout out all of our VIPs, those who serve behind the scenes and cameras and kids environments and everywhere just making one church happen let's give it up for all of our guests everyone who serves guys we're so glad that you're here with us today another great great sunday we're gonna uh, continue this series mixtape we're in week three all month uh pastor chris and i have been going through god's mixtape the book of psalms the book of psalms in our bible in the old testament it's a collection of songs that represent the various seasons in the life of ancient israel and they really help us navigate the various seasons of our lives if i had to summarize the entire book of psalms i would say that in good times in bad in joy and in sickness in pain and when everything is groovy, we still give thanks to the Lord because he's good and his love endures forever. That's that's the what the book really is all about. If you've missed any of the messages, you could download the onechurch.tv app, catch those messages there. We also printed up some discussion, talking point, uh, questions, guides that go along with the message, and those are out in the, the lobby. As soon as you walk out and make a left, you'll see them there. You can use those for your own study, use them in your small group, but we just wanted to make those available to you. Next week, we'll wrap up this series with a, with a great message from Pastor Chris to get us ready for the Christmas season. I can't wait to hear him uh, bring it then. But today we're going to be in Psalm 103, Psalm 104, Psalm 107, and Psalm 136. Now relax, we're not going to read all of those in their entirety, uh, but mixtape style, we're going to be a little all over the place. But uh, the main point of what we're talking about is all going to be the same, and so we'll get there in a few minutes. Uh, I'll never forget summer in Iraq, summer in northern Iraq. It's about 110, 115 degrees in, in the shade, and there's sand everywhere, and that sand has the consistency of baby powder. And have you been there? Sand that when you step in it, it's like this dust. We compared it to moon dust, but none of us fools walked on the moon, so I don't know why we did that, but baby powder. We know what baby powder is. You step in it, and it puffs up everywhere and gets into everything. And some days I would need a shower after a shower because you'd be a powdered donut, right? Just walking from the shower tent back to wherever it was you had to be. And so I cursed the sand. I hated the sand. God, take away this sand. And he answered our prayers in northern Iraq because fall came and winter came, and we thanked God for the cooler weather for about two days. But guess what happened to all of that cursed sand once the rain came? It turned into chocolate pudding. It turned into the thickest, most nastiest mud. I've never seen mud like this. Uh, when you step in mud and have to ask yourself, is that mud or something else? Like, that's, that's bad news. And that's what this mud was like. It got into everything. And uh, I forgot about the sand. I started focusing on this mud. This mud was terrible. I think one time I even said, I wish the sand would come back. It was terrible. So Uncle Sam, in his infinite wisdom, said, I've got the solution to the mud. Rocks. Not just any rocks gravel everywhere let's just dump gravel until there's no more gravel left on earth let's just dump it all right here in northern iraq and mosul so they dumped feet upon feet upon feet of of gravel everywhere and so if you ever tried to run on a beach that's what it's like trying to walk in thick loose gravel i mean like 
every step, it feels like you're going backwards. It's terrible. We'd twist our ankles and knees would be sore. And God forbid you fell down on those rocks. That created a whole new series of problems for your life. It was terrible. And I quickly forgot about the sand and forgot about the mud and said, God, you got to do something about these rocks. I found myself being thankful for the very things that I used to curse. Life can absolutely be like that sometimes, right? We go from one stink into another stink. And if we look for the junk and if we look for the mess, we're going to find something to complain about every single time. But I believe that the converse is also true. If I look for a reason to be thankful, I'm going to find it. In my situation, instead of thanking God that, well, at least it's not sand or at least it's not rocks, we just complain about the next thing. And I think that, uh, man, having the, the way we should, our attitude should be is to look for a reason to say thanks. So let me be the second person to say happy Thanksgiving. Uh, it's that time of year for us. Years gone by fast, and it amazes me how quickly that happens. What amazes me is that we're still amazed that that time flies. It does, okay? It, the year goes by quick. Um, But I'm just glad about it. I'm really glad about this time of year because it involves a lot of food. I'm a food person. I like to eat, uh, not just because I'm a human and we need to eat, but I actually enjoy eating. I have a lot to be thankful for in my life as well. Um, If you ask a child about Thanksgiving and what it meant in an elementary school age child, they may tell you about some pilgrims and some Native Americans and Plymouth Rock and that type of stuff, but would they really understand the real meaning behind this season uh, in our lives and in our culture as Americans, would they really understand what it's all about? If you're like me, you grew up thinking that the first Thanksgiving was just kind of the pilgrim's way of saying, uh, what's up, natives? Thanks for everything you did for us. Have a meal on us, right? That's kind of the the glossed over version of it. But that's a gross distortion of the truth. And I'll I'll spare you the boring history lesson, but just know that those early Thanksgiving meals uh, from which this season comes in our culture were all about thanking God for providing and for protecting. That was it. Thank God for getting us through another crazy year and for giving us something to eat. In fact, one of those early colonies, they wrote in their charter that the day of their arrival was to be kept as a holy day of national thanksgiving. When George Washington uh, declared his day of thanksgiving in 1789, uh, he, he said it has to be all about giving thanks to the Almighty for all that he's done. Abraham Lincoln, in in proclaiming, making Thanksgiving an annual holiday, the holiday we actually celebrate today, he said, the year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. They are the gracious gift of the Most High God, who, while dealing with, with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. So are the ancient roots of this day we celebrate are all about thanking God for his goodness and thanking God for saving us and thanking God for uh, not dealing with us according to our mess. Today, we don't hear a lot about that side of Thanksgiving, do we? We hear a lot about shopping. We hear a lot about the turkey day. We give some generic thanks to no one in particular and, and then move on to our... In fact, our culture wants to rush past Thanksgiving and get right on to the gifts, Right. We saw the, the, the decorations, they go up on November 1st, right? Like, can we get through Halloween first? Can we have some turkey first? In our, in our family's tradition, uh, Christmas doesn't start until we see Santa Claus in the Macy's Parade. That's when in my home you're allowed to listen to Christmas music. Let me tell you, God is testing me in the one church offices with that, but it's all good. I love Christmas music. Some of us love it more than others. Let me just put it there. I won't bust anybody out, but their initials are Chris Edmondson. Um, anyway... Uh, I love Christmas music. I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm a Christmas guy. But 
for, for me, it's I got to get through uh, the parade. Once the parade happens, okay, now it's Christmas time. But we rush past giving thanks so much. And if I'm honest with you, I often forget to stop and say thanks all the time. How many times have you treated someone who was doing a service to you as if it's what they should have done? Instead of saying thank you, we kind of have this attitude of, that's right, you better have done it that way. And we can get so ungrateful when we go through life moving on from one thing to another. And I think this time of the year is, is God's uh, reminder to us as a people, as Americans, that when we walk on by, don't you forget about me. It's what God sings to us, right? Should be the Thanksgiving national anthem. Don't forget about God. Don't forget about thankfulness. How about you? Do you get so focused on the problems of your day-to-day that you forget to say thanks? Do you get so focused on what's next that you forget to pause and be grateful for right now? Do we forget the benefits of God, all the good things he's done for us in the past, what we're believing he's going to do for us in the future? I think we focus so much on what we lack, and that type of attitude never produces joy. It never produces peace. It never produces good things in us. In fact, like we talked about last week, focusing on what we don't have just produces anxiety. It just produces more stress. But when we focus on how much God has blessed us, we won't forget his goodness. Mark Batterson says this. He says, saying please and thank you and sorry aren't just good manners. They are the key to spiritual maturity. So never stop saying sorry, never stop saying please, and never stop saying thank you. So here's our big idea today. The more you show thanks, the more you'll see thanks. I believe that the more we practice an attitude of gratitude, the more we'll find reasons to be thankful. Henry Nguyen says, what fascinates me so much is that every time we decide to be grateful, it will be easier to see new things to be grateful for. Gratitude begets gratitude, just as love begets love. So, in the spirit of that, we're going to talk about reasons to be thankful. Psalm 103, verse 1 says this, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That's what we want to leave here today, reminded of the benefits of God so that we can find thanks. Even when we don't feel like it, even when life stinks, even when everything is against us, we want to be able to thank God. If you're like me and you tend to forget thankfulness, it's always good to make a list. Any list makers in the, in the room? You got to make to-do lists, checklists. Yeah, lots of us, right? Well, for me, a good old list solves just about everything. So today we're going to mix it up. Uh, we're going to go mixtape style. Normally we'd stay in one scripture and walk through that, but we're going to look at several different ones today. Almost David Letterman top 10 style, except 10 is too long. We're going to do a top seven if that's okay with you. It doesn't matter because that's what we're doing. Seven, not 10. But either way, uh, let's jump right into it. I want to give you reasons to remember, reasons to be thankful. Just in case you're struggling, we're going to help you out this morning. Is that okay? All right. Reason number seven, why we should remember thanks. The election season is over. No more back and forth. No more, my name is blah, 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 and I approve this message. No more lies. No more of the constant bombardment from both sides of the aisle as to what they're going to do, which candidate is the best, whatever. It's over until the next time, but it's over for now, right? Psalm 146, 3 through 5 says this, Do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. 
the election is over. And many of us put our trust in politicians and in policy. But we who follow Christ, we should be putting our trust in the Lord God, right? He's the only one that can keep us. He's the only one that's kept our great nation through civil war and slavery and division and Jim Crow and World War and the 60s and scandalous presidents and the Great Depression and crashing stocks and natural disaster and terrorist attacks. There's only one common denominator that's brought us through all of that, and it's not the person sitting in the White House. It's our Lord, our Savior. It's our God of all gods. And when it's all said and done and every ballot is cast for eternity, guess what? Jesus wins. And that is reason enough for us all to be thankful. If you're here and you're, you're new to this church thing, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, let me again say I'm glad that you're here, and I would love to have a conversation with you to help you on this journey. I promise you, having Jesus with you next election season is going to be a whole lot better than not having him, right? <laughs> the more you show thanks, the more you show thankfulness, the more you'll see thankfulness. So let's thank God the election season is over. Reason number six, let's thank God that we get to eat on Thursday. Thank God, there's nothing like Thanksgiving dinner, turkey and ham and dressing and cornbread and macaroni and cheese and green beans and collard greens and casseroles and fresh bread. Are you hungry yet? And corn on the cob and mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes and candied yams and cranberry sauce and pumpkin pie and sweet potato pie and strawberry cake. And then for dessert, right? No, I love Thanksgiving. I know times are tough for, for many and, and I'm not, that's, that's just the reality of, of what we're dealing with. Uh, but here's what we can all be thankful because if you're under the sound of my voice in this room, at least you get to eat on Thursday. We've shared with you for a couple of weeks of how you can connect with families here at onechurch.tv where you can share a meal with someone. I know Mana Cafe Ministries in Clarksville always throws a phenomenal Thanksgiving feast at Burt Cobb Community Center. That's not an us versus them feast. That's not a let's feed the poor people feast. That's, hey, we got a lot of food, and if you want to eat, come eat with us. That's 530 on Thursday if you want a place to eat. Just show up, and you can eat. And that's just that in and of itself, that I can go get the best Thanksgiving meal I've ever had in my life for free with a bunch of other people. Uh, that's just really cool that we not only live in a land where that can happen, but there are Christ followers in our city that passionate about feeding people uh, that they'll make that stuff happen. We get to have an incredible meal on Thursday, and that's just something to be thankful for. Thank God for food. Thank God for provision. What a basic concept, right? For some of us, that was the first prayer we ever prayed to God, wasn't it? praying for food. God is great. God is good. Whatever you you prayed over that little meal, but it's profound uh, how how much we can really connect with who God is and what he does for us when we stop and think of that. Psalm 104, 14 through 15 says this, he, God, he makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. Look at that, a psalm saying, let's thank God for steak and for salad and for wine and for oil and for bread. That's good stuff right there. Psalm 107 says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Don't forget to show thanks for the good things that God is going to fill you with this Thursday, right? We can thank God that we get to eat. Reason number five is just as awesome. We get to eat leftovers on Friday. Another reason to be thankful. We get to eat leftovers. Isn't that just like God to not just give us uh, life, but to give us abundant life, right? Not just our daily bread, but some extra on the side. It's kind of like this video here.
greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, greens, 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 potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, greens, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, lamb, greens, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys, greens, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, lamb, greens, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, greens, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, but beans, greens, but beans, 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 greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, beans, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys. Are you thankful for the beans, greens, potatoes, hams, rams, hogs, dogs, whatever she's, that's awesome. That's how we should be Thursday when we're going up to that food, right? Dancing, thankful that we get to eat. Some of y'all, that's how y'all are going to be this afternoon eating lunch. You just like to dance when food's coming. But the more we show thanks, the more we'll see thanks. Sometimes we got to stop and just look at something as simple as food in order to snap out of our funk and remember that we have a reason to be thankful. You with me? Number four reason to remember thanks. We have health. We have health. Now, have any of you suffered any of this crazy uh, weather change stuff? You got some sinus drainage, you're coughing, hacking, anyone like that in the room? That's me as well. So if I have to clear my throat, please don't judge me uh, too hard. But like you, uh, I've walked through a couple pollen dust clouds a couple days ago when it was 80 degrees and it was 20 something this morning. And uh, that's just not normal. Uh, So we're going to be, but we have health in spite of how we might feel right now. We have health. Psalm 103, two two through five says, Praise the Lord, my soul, forgetting out all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desire with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank God for health. Now, four years ago, I was not a healthy person at all. I was extremely out of shape. Uh, I weighed well over 300 pounds. Uh, my, I was just in a very, very bad condition. My back, uh, I was suffering from some serious degenerative discs that I have, some injuries from my time in the Army. Uh, so there were days where I'd have to do my work standing completely up because my nerves would not let me sit down. There were other days where I just had to lay flat on my back. On top of that, I, I, I have Crohn's disease, so I, I couldn't eat. Uh, normal food that most people would, would eat. In fact, the healthiest foods for you, leafy greens, that type of stuff, actually flared my Crohn's disease up. And so uh, I had to eat a lot. I ate a lot of junk food, and that just messed my health up even worse. And so I was just in this place where I was sick. I spent some time in the hospital because of this. It was causing a bunch of other sicknesses to happen uh, in, in my life. And I was just really, really sick and tired of being sick and tired. Have you been there? broken, hurting, everything that I'm supposed to do to get healthy, I can't do because my back didn't work and because I'm too heavy and I can't. And it was just a crazy place. And uh, God in his grace finally put some people in my life and opened my eyes to see how just easy it is to choose health and to pursue uh, some lifestyle changes for me. And, uh, and, and with those friends and with some hard work, I was able to completely reverse uh, the condition that my body was in, get in shape better than I was even when I was in the Army on active duty, uh, my, my back able to function where I can do some things that normally there's no way I could do it. Now I could do jujitsu, throw people on their head, uh, just re- stuff that I could never, ever do before uh, with some hard work and the grace of God, I was able uh, to do that. More than that, uh, my Crohn's disease has been in remission for a couple of years and I can eat and 
that struggle and that constant depression of, man, my stomach's always messed up. I'm just living free of that. And, and yes, it was some things that I did and some choices that I made, but most of it, I'm telling you, is just God doing what God says he's going to do, which is healing my body and helping me. And you might be here today still sick and still struggling, and you've been praying for God to heal you for for 15 years, for 10 years, for five years. Let me encourage you. Don't quit believing that God is who he says he is. Don't quit believing that he can help you. And even if you don't experience that healing right now, there's still something we can thank God for related to our health. If you can breathe in and breathe out, you can thank God for health. If you understood what I just said, you can thank God for health. If you can see me right now, you can thank God for health. If you can hear me, you guys get where I'm going with this? Your knees may hurt, but guess what? You can feel the pain, and some people can't. So quit whining and be thankful that you could at least feel the pain in your knees, right? Because it could be worse. I could not have those legs. I could not have that feeling. That's what I'm saying. If we look for junk, if we look for the mess, we're going to find it every time. Look for a reason to be thankful. Psalm 107, 17 through 20 says, Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. That was me in in the height of suffering from Crohn's disease. I loathed all food, drew near the gates of death. Look at verse 19, though. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And what did he do? He saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and what? Healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Look, I'm not saying that God caused your sickness or that your sin caused your sickness. What I'm saying is that in your pain, don't forget to thank God for walking with you through that pain. Even when the rain keeps falling down, like the song says, I can still thank God. The more you show thanks, the more you'll see thanks. Reason number three to be thankful is we are not alone. We're not alone. The song we chose this morning to open up uh, the service today was made famous by one of my favorite movies of all times, The Breakfast Club. Any Breakfast Club fans? Love that movie. It's an old movie, uh, but it's good, timeless. And what I love about that old movie is that reminds us, uh, regardless of whether we are a jock, a princess, a basket case, or a brain, we are better together. God created all humans with uh, three natural desires, three things that we crave, intimacy, community, and eternity. And all three of those, our most primal desires, require someone else. We can't fulfill those things without someone else. And it saddens me this time of year how many people are heartbroken, feel alone and abandoned at this time where we should be coming together. It should be about love. It should be about thankfulness. I hate that so much family drama happens during this time of the year, over the next month, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, you sit down around your wonderful meal, then crazy old Uncle Otis says something wild. Y'all get into a big old fight, and there's a family drama. And y'all got that crazy Uncle Otis? If you didn't raise your hand, you probably are the crazy Uncle Otis, but that's for another message. But we should be coming together. Instead, so many of us drift apart, get stressed out. I'm an introvert by nature. That just means that my batteries get charged in solitude. It doesn't mean that I'm not a people person. It doesn't mean that I don't like being around people or crowds. It's just my my energy levels deplete very fast the larger the crowd. So when I need uh, to just feel alive, I like to get away. But I have to do something with all of that energy that I gain while I'm so I have to get around other people. And I thank God for that that I'm not alone. That I'm not 
alone. I know the One Church staff has welcomed me with, with open arms, and it's been uh, phenomenal just to be a part of the church. And, and I was telling someone this the other day, it feels like I can't even remember what it was like to be two separate churches. That's how awesome this great community has been for us. That's how awesome it's been for us doing church together. <clears throat> it just shows that when we say life happens better in community, we mean it. And more than the community we have with, with the church, God is with us. Like, God is with us in our pain, in our junk, in the good times and the bad. He is there with us. Psalm 103, 13 through 17 says this, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with the children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. He's with us. As a father has compassion on his children, the Lord has compassion on us. The more we show thanks, the more we'll see thanks. Reason number two. God has not given us, excuse me, God has not dealt with us according to our sins. One person said, thank you, Lord. You guys cheered more for the election being over than this good news. This is the gospel. Welcome to church. We gather because God has not dealt with us according to our sins. So now Chris and I know the series we're going to do, right? We're going to do some series on salvation and why we're thankful and why we're glad we're Christians, right? Seriously, God hasn't dealt with us according to our sins. That's amazing. That is good news. Verse 8 through 12 of Psalm 103 says this, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love to those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. What a great, powerful passage of scripture. Now, as a Christ follower, a Christian, a little Christ, someone trying to be Christ-like, I can't just look at this verse and say, thanks God for all the cool stuff. I have to look at this verse like a mirror. You know the mirror, right? The one that tells you that that shirt is not shrinking. You're growing. You know the one? The one yeah, that's some gray where they're not, you didn't used to be gray. We don't like what the mirror has to say to us all the time, but the mirror is true. The mirror doesn't lie, right? Well, Psalm 103 says the Lord is compassionate and gracious. So I have to let that reflect back on my life and ask myself, is Carlo compassionate and gracious? Am I slow to anger? Do I abound in love? Am I always accusing? Do I harbor anger? Do I treat people like their sins deserve? Do I try to repay people according to their iniquities? See, this is a great verse to look at and thank God for what he's done, but it's a sober reminder that we really, really need him. And it should really make us thank him that he doesn't treat us like we want to treat other people. Am I right? So we thank God for that. Have you ever been done wrong? Someone did you so wrong, you wish you could just smack them right in the mouth. You could choke them out. You could just get them back. You just want people to suffer like you've suffered. I want them to feel the pain that I feel. I'm sure you felt that way. And when someone does us wrong, that's our first instinct is to get revenge, to make them pay for what they did. Dale Carnegie, he noted that uh, the only animal a grizzly bear will allow to eat with it is a skunk. Grizzly bears are big, mighty animals, right? They're beasts. They're, they're, they're alpha apex predators, right? There's not too many things that a grizzly is afraid of. It can fight and beat almost any animal. 
that comes its way. So a grizzly bear, I'm pretty sure, would be angry that a skunk came up to its mess. You know, in Yellowstone, the bears, they eat around uh, where people dump trash. And in the Kodiak, where people dump trash, the bears will come out uh, and they'll, they'll eat the leftovers and all of that stuff. And the skunk will come up and eat some too. And I'm sure the bear was angry, like, come on, bro, this is my food. You could, there's a lot of food. Why are you eating my stuff? And yet, the bear never fights with the skunk because the bear really understands it's not worth the price of admission to get into a fight with a skunk. I could kill this skunk, but it's just not worth what I'm going to have to go through, one, to get to the stupid thing, and then two, I'm going to have the skunk with me forever, right? Bears don't have the bath of tomato sauce to bathe in should they get sprayed by the skunk, right? So the bear just lets the skunk eat with it. Now, we know that humans are intelligent, but sometimes we are dumber than a bear and a skunk. Because we let stuff fester in our mind. We plot revenge. We have fake arguments with people. You know the kind, right? Well, they're going to say this, and I'm going to say this, and they're going to be like this. And you get all worked up. You haven't even talked to the person yet. You get consumed by these imaginary things that are probably never going to happen. We plot revenge. Why? God has not treated us according to our sins. The New Testament says we forgive as in Christ. God has forgiven us. I'm thankful that God hasn't dealt with me according to my stinky mess. I don't think of God as a grizzly bear that's mean and ferocious. I think of God as a graceless, gracious uh, grizzly letting me, a skunk, eat with him. That's, that's what happens when we gather, right? A bunch of skunks hanging out with God saying, thank you, Lord, for not dealing with us according to our mess, according to our stank. stink. If you look for a reason to show thanks, if you show thanks, you're going to see more and more reasons. Last reason to remember is that God is good and his love endures forever. I told you that's what the Psalms is really all about. God is good and his love endures forever. Psalm 136 says this, he remembered us in our lowest state, his love endures forever. And he freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. You see that? I threw in like four verses on food today, right? He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. That, my friends, is a thanksgiving psalm, if there ever was a thanksgiving psalm. When it's all said and done, we give thanks to the Lord because he is. Those pilgrims understood it, and our founding fathers understood it, and, and, and presidents understood it, and they all understood it was God and God alone who deserved the praise for all the good things we have, our peace, our protection, providing for us. It's the maker of heaven and earth who allows us to have one more year, one more opportunity, one more chance to grow, one more opportunity to make a big deal about his goodness. I come from a church tradition that when someone said God is good, you would say all the time and all the time God is good. We're not going to do that today because this is not that kind of show. I'm just telling you, it's, it's good to remember that, yeah, God is good to me all of the time. He never stops being good. Never. And the reason that God's people have made a big deal about recounting his goodness is because it reminds us of who he is. And the more we... Uh, see him for who he is, the more that transforms us. The more we show thankfulness, the more we see thanks. So where are you at in this, with this message today? Maybe like me, you've been caught up in the crazy to the point that you really struggle to find a reason to be thankful. Let me encourage you with the profound truth. There's always a reason to be thankful. If you look for junk, you're going to find it. Instead, find thanks. Maybe you're here and you had no idea about the benefits of God. Uh, again, 
you can say yes to Jesus and you can experience those benefits of him. Take that next step. It means owning up to your mess, accepting his forgiveness, and then following him. It's very, very simple. He does all the work. Isn't that awesome? He does all the work of transforming us and, and, and changing us. We just say yes to him and uh, begin that journey. And again, our next steps, Pastor Chris and I, we love to have that conversation with you. But let me, let me leave you with three practical steps, practical next steps beyond saying yes to Jesus that all of us in this room, we could apply this week to become a people who look for thanks. I encourage you uh, to take a next step by making a list. I'm a list guy, right? I just share with you a list. Here's what I want you to do. Between today and Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, make a list of what you are truly thankful for. But don't post it on Facebook. Right? Do you see how consumed we were with the election that people didn't even do their whole 30 days of thanks thing that normally happens every year on social media? Like, no one is doing that this year. Why? Because we got so focused on the junk and the mess that we didn't even take time to superficially say thank you on Facebook. So I want you to make a list of what are you thankful for, but don't share it with anyone yet. Just make that list. You with me? Step one, make your list. Keep it to yourself. Step two, be intentional about sharing the Thanksgiving meal with someone else. Connect with family, friends, small group. Connect with us here at onechurch.tv. We'll make sure you have a place to eat. And that's where we want you to share your list. So make your list between now and Thursday, but save that list until you're there in that environment, in that community environment, and then share that list. Here is what I'm thankful for. And then the final step is, is this. Reach out to one person this week that you know could use some encouragement. They're, they're dealing with depression. They're struggling. Life has just really beat them up. You know they're having a hard time. And here's how you're going to encourage them. You're going to show them how thankful you are for them. You're going to let them know, I see you. I appreciate you. I value you. I love you. You have no idea how much a thank you can change someone's world, especially if someone feels like they've been taken advantage of, especially if someone feels like, man, no one is with me, no one is for me. It's a powerful thing. So three easy steps. We can make our list, share that list on Thanksgiving, and then find someone, find more people, if you're up to it, that you can just say, thank you. I appreciate you. Let's commit to be a people who never forget the goodness of God. We never forget the love of Jesus. We never forget the power of community. My prayer for OneChurch.tv is that together we could penetrate the negativity of our culture and our community, not just with our words, but with lives that reflect an attitude of gratitude. The more you show thanks, the more you'll see thanks. And I'm thankful for you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your, your grace. Thank you for all the benefits we read today, for healing us, for saving us, setting us free, protecting us, and providing for us. God, I pray for every person in this room that we would not be so quick to look at what's wrong with the world, but we would always be quick to look at what's right with you. Thank you for the power of your word to save us and transform us. If there's someone here, God, who has not made that decision to say yes to you, uh, I pray today would be that day. You say if we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. You cleanse us from all wrongdoing, God, that we can take that first step towards you and you take so many steps back towards us. Thank you for saving us and for helping us. Help us uh, to make a big deal about you this week. It's Thanksgiving week. Let it not be about the turkey so much. Let it not be about the, what comes later on with Christmas so much, which we're going to celebrate that. But God, let us pause and just truly thank you for all your goodness. Let us start in our home being thankful for our families, being thankful for our friends, and God, thankful for every good gift that comes from above. We love you in the strong name of Jesus. 